new season four of Unpublished. We're so excited to be back after our little break. Thank you so much for being here. I love that the seasons of this are just whenever we start not being bothered to. It's like there's no there's no structure. structure. It's like I think we've had a totally different number of episodes. It's like whenever we burn out from podcasting. I think that's the way things should be. You know. Yeah. All of these that's things how, are arbitrary anyway. Imagine if that's how Netflix works. Like, oh, I'll probably just end this series here. <laughs> we kind of die. Don't feel like it anymore. I think it would be a better world. Yeah, I like it. Um, but we are feeling time. fresh after our break and we're really excited to be back. Today's episode is going to be about the ego and how the ego can interrupt, disrupt, benefit, impact our creative journey. Um, But before we dive into that, I thought we'd just give a little update as to where we are personally on our creative journeys. So, Jimmy, where are you at? What's been happening the last few months? Um, I think when I last did a podcast, I was saying I was almost finished my first draft of my novel, my second novel, and that went ahead. And then I took a little break for a few weeks, and now I'm about to finish my second draft. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a relatively smooth second draft process, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, this is what's worrying me at the moment. It's, it's unnerving. You know, this is what's shit. It's if it goes really well, that's worrying. And if it goes really <laughs> badly, that's worrying. So Every uh, day when we come back from the cafe and James is done his editing, he looks at me and he goes, I'm just really concerned that nothing really bad has gone wrong. And I'm like, there's no winning. Yeah, it makes me think strongly that I need a second set of eyes on it. Yeah. It's not um, a bad thing, though. It's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just a little bit unnerving. Mm, I also can feel my, um, I just can feel maybe at the edges of my vision or my mind that maybe yeah. there are some things wrong and I don't want to look at them Yeah. or something. At the end of the day, we're never going to be the best judges of our own work, which is why we do need to find those trusted people. Yes. Mm. Mm. And as for me, I have been, uh, I've had a bit of a up and down start to the beginning of this year. At the end of last year, oh fuck, where are we? Where are we? we what month is it? It's February. So I released my beautiful new book, Baby, for the Burnt Out Artist, which was very timely and I had to postpone it because I, I myself was burning out and I refused to burn out writing a book about burnout. So I released it in January, which was really exciting and I loved doing that. Um, yeah, and at the moment I'm kind of receiving ideas for my next fiction book. I'm trying to be nice and open to the world, allowing ideas to come in, which is actually a new process for me I've always known the next fiction book that I wanted to write and so it's been an unnerving and kind of very different experience to me trying to just be open to what my next book could look like without having the idea already there so yeah that's where I'm at it's interesting I I think just I picked up on there our conversation we always have about ideas and how I feel like I have a lot of ideas and you feel like you don't get a lot of ideas yeah and how that's both of those things are okay like at the end of the day I probably have too many ideas yeah like they're not most of them are wasted. I think um, with creatives, no matter whether you're a writer or what t- what type of discipline you um, are a creative in, I've seen such a varying amount of you know, ideas percolating in terms of like exactly what you said. Like I, I work with creatives who have so many ideas and that can be very overwhelming for them. And then I work with creatives who are just constantly in search of that next idea, which is much more like me at the moment. And then again, that fluctuates throughout a journey too. And yeah, just trying to be okay with that and none of them are wrong. It's just about managing that for how it works for you and how that plays into your creative practice. Yeah, which actually I think comes into our ego discussion a little bit because, um, and it's probably not where we wanted to go first, but I might just talk about it quickly now. Like, I feel like you feel inadequate because you're always like, why are you having so many ideas, James? And I'm like, doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And maybe that's an ego thing. Like, you yeah, feel like definitely. you're not 
a real creative unless you're constantly having all these ideas flooding into your brain yeah i think the more traditional image perhaps of a creative is the one that's like you know just constantly everything inspires them everything you know drives the stories and creates this like yeah big pool of ideas which is i think it's kind of how you function like you're always on your phone i'm like james what are you doing you're like, i'm writing down a story idea i'm like fuck you i'm out here being like oh <laughs> trying so hard to conjure up yeah, something most of my ideas are like what if twigs could talk <laughs> or something really dumb like i just see something super stupid yeah that's your process and i need to get more and more comfortable with mine um which is at the moment i just don't have that idea ready at hand right now and i'm i need to be okay with that i'm actively searching but i also need to not actively be angry at myself it's just a different way we all create so differently and mm. it's amazing to watch like the huge plethora of ways that we you know envision stuff ways that we create ways that we share our art we're just all so different and we need to respect that yeah i think that's where also ego comes in is have if you have if you're expecting your creative journey to go in a certain way then that's ego talking yeah and that's some some kind of like i want to be this sort of artist who's like there's nothing wrong with having vision for your art and for your career but it's just like not being able to deviate from that path because you want it to go the picture perfect way. way. Yeah. I think that's what I really wanted this discussion to kind of stem around today is when we as creatives have this one ego fueled vision of how we're going to go, what it's going to look like. Uh, You know, we've kind of done all the PR around it. You know, this is the creative I'm going to be, and I'm going to get it through this particular route and how much that can sabotage us and how it sabotaged me in the past and how I witness it absolutely fucking with artists all the time. Because it's big. Yeah. We need that flexibility. Mm. And for me, my story here is that I was so fucking determined to be traditionally published. And I spent years writing these books, years being rejected. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know my story here. I have hundreds and hundreds of rejection letters. And it made me... And like that external rejection from the gatekeepers you know led me into a super depressed state where i thought i was never going to live the creative life that i was born oops sorry that i was born to to live and it was so the story was so strong that i literally believed i had nowhere else to turn apart from the gatekeepers because that was why i decided i wanted to go i mean and then you can even see it even more granularly like you know i see creatives i've seen a creative creators originally who've been like you know i can't I couldn't possibly go with a small publishing house. It could only it has to be a big publishing house. It's like really, even if you were offered a yeah. contract from a small house, like that's already. I mean, that's total ego work. Total ego work, and that's just like it's just. I cannot describe to you how breaking down the stories and realizing that there were so many different ways to creative success um was it was the most empowering thing i've ever done and i wouldn't be here today without having had to break in those ego stories down but i was so committed to looking like that one type of creative and i think creatives are really vulnerable to this because we're already breaking so many societal rules when we choose to chase our creative calling so i think our ego often wants to conform to the most like socially acceptable way of being a creative i think that's what it was for me I wanted, my ego needed that external validation from the publishers. I needed to be picked. And my ego was like, we're not doing this creative calling in any other way other than this way because I need someone to tell me I can do this. And it blinded me. I cannot tell you how much it blinded me. I did not realize I could do it any other way. 
Um, and it took like really hitting rock bottom and really surrendering to my ego, doing huge work on the journaling. And, and it was really painful letting go of these stories. I was really angry. I was like, fuck this. Like, why do I have to like, and I felt it as it was like I was um, lowering my standards. And I think that's what often when we separate ourselves from the ego work, it can feel like we're lowering our standards. And that's what it felt like initially. But what I realized that it was eventually was that it was I just like I took off these blinders and I realized how much magic was available to me if I just went a different way yeah and it's been amazing to watch that journey happen and I think also what's interesting to me is like there is still a deep desire in you to also have a book with a major publishing house yeah there is and it's like you can have and where destroying the ego comes in I reckon is when you go I can still want that yeah but I can also still love my self-pub stuff. Yeah. And like one of them's not better than the other. Yeah. I think this conversation could really easily go down the route of like demonizing the ego, where it's, I don't think that's what we need to do mm. because, you know, our ego and our, and our critic, like they're not to be demonized. They're not wrong. They're not, you know, they're not the little demon sitting on our shoulder. This is about just seeing them for what they really are and what's really happening there and the fear that has been driving these voices inside of us and recognizing that and and being courageous enough to, to deviate from the stories that have been, you know, with us for so long. Do you think that ego and perfectionism go hand in hand? Massively. Massively. I mean... <sighs> I, when I work with artists who have perfectionism, I just see this deep, deep drive to be completely infallible, completely, you know, uh, shielded from any kind of criticism because of how threatened we are by the idea that someone might not like us. And I deal with that a lot. I'm really scared of people not liking me and I'm a big people pleaser. And that's, that's perfectionism, right? That's the ego coming in and, and inverted commas, like trying to protect us from the bad things, from the vulnerability of what it is to be a creator. But it's in that vulnerable state. It's only when we're vulnerable that creative success can enter our lives. And perfectionism and, and people pleasing prevents us from accessing that creative success because it prevents us from ever being truly vulnerable which is what an artist has to be yeah for sure and i think you know it's so important to be kind to yourself when you're an artist or when you're creating something like i never would have made it through my first draft of my first novel if i hadn't been really kind to myself when i got so when i got feedback from people being like you need to be better yeah i would have been like well i guess i guess i'm just shit yeah whereas instead of being like i could you know, it was so hard. It was really hard. It's really hard to get negative feedback. But yeah, for me to be able to be like, oh, that's just something I can work on. Yeah. Not like I'm not a shit writer. Yeah. And then even, you know, submitting to publishing houses, you get all these form rejection letters. And just if you let your ego control that process, you'll just bounce off it mm. completely. It's so hard. Because, I mean, like, it's just the fa- a fact, like, you will get rejection letters from publishing houses when you go to submit. Yeah. Like, even if you get accepted on your first novel, like, other, pla- you know, if you su- if you submit to five places, chances are, well, I mean, even if one of them accepts you, you'll probably still get four other rejection letters. Yeah. And if, if you then, like, let, your, your ego is going to say, well, four people hated it. Yeah. Well, they didn't hate it. Like, it just wasn't for them, probably. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think when, particularly when we're dealing with external gatekeeping institutions and creative realms, like the ego just gets like hit after hit after hit. And again, it's not a bad thing. Like we just need to manage how that plays out. Um, And we need to manage like what the ego does in response to that, whether it's like, oh, you know, defensive, like fuck you, fuck the world, like anger, or whether it's like really deteriorating and hurting that inner child and you're thinking, I'm just never going to be good enough. I'm never, I'm never going to, you know, just like that horrible disintegration of integrity of, of your creative self. We need to be finding a place where we can support you know, support ourselves and be kind to ourselves and be compassionate to ourselves when we come up against this inevitable rejection that creatives face all the time and inevitable bad feedback and inevitable trolls on the internet, just inevitable setbacks. Because if we take this creative journey, this is just what we're signing up for. And like, we need to know now, how are you going to deal with it when all this shit happens? And it's not to be negative. It's just, you need to also know how you're going to deal with it when all the good shit happens. We just need to prepare ourselves because otherwise we're just... You know, we're with the wind and when it can get a little out of control. Yeah, I think it's almost impossible just to turn it off as well. Like you're not going to, you know, you're doing a very, very, very vulnerable thing in creating art. Yeah. And when you go to show it to people or even when you go and think about it yourself, like you're going to hit ego. Yeah. And it's not like you can't destroy that part of yourself. So it's, it's a matter of learning how to work with it and be kind to it. Yeah, I was just thinking for both of us, I have two clear memories for me and for you of when we both got bad feedback on our books. And I remember, I don't know if you recall, like I the first bad piece of feedback I got on my book, I was ruined and I cried and I was so angry and I was so upset. And I don't think that response was a bad response. It just is what it was. Like that was just what happened. And I, and it serves me now to look back on it and to understand what was happening. Like it was just such a big hit to my ego and I, and it fed into my inner critics chat and like, but I needed to, and I needed to process that and I needed to cry and I needed to, you know, have that, big expression of emotion in order for me to process it i don't think that's a bad thing and similarly with you i remember you getting a bad piece of feedback from your writing um group and then you were just like fuck especially because i mean like i think that i made a mistake which was literally within two weeks of first writing anything down on paper i joined a writing class yeah i didn't know shit about writing yeah and i submitted my first ever 2000 words unedited basically like well mm-hmm. i mean I, i'd probably given it a once over and of course, like, I didn't even know how to do speech tags. Yeah. I didn't even know how to, I mean, you still don't know how to do that, Amy. Fuck off. Sorry, we had to get that in there. <laughs> um, I had no idea about how to construct a scene. I had no, I had no technical, like, I had nothing. I didn't even have instincts mm. other than from what I, like, I've been a reader. Yeah. But I had no actual, that only translates so far. I didn't have any idea about the actual. Yeah. And that's what I was getting feedback on. Like, cause people being like, oh. You know, do you realize that you are coming in and out of point of view here? And like, do you realize that your speech tags are wrong and stuff? And I was like, I don't even know what they were saying. I felt so out of my depth. I was like, what? Yeah. Do you think that experience served you in any way or would you just do it differently? I 100% think for me specifically, it was worth it. Yeah. Um, But I think I got lucky. Like I kind of. Why? Because it helped you sit back into what you wanted I to think do? It or accelerated my learning massively. I see, yeah. Um, but it did take that hiccup. Like, you were pissed. But I could have gone either way. I could have quit. Yeah. I may have quit. And that's what happens to some people, unfortunately. And this is, again, this is kind of veering away from the subject, but I have strong opinions about uh, sharing your art too early because mm. so many creatives quit and so many creatives can't take that hit on their ego and their inner child is already taking too much pains and it just disintegrates their art. So we do need to be careful when it comes to that kind of shit. Yeah. But and for you, it was worth it. 
yeah, I think for me it was worth it. Um, I think I was lucky that I was through that whole time. I was still, you know, I had a good writing routine already from almost the beginning. So yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that might be shit, but I'm already past that. I'm already like four already chapters. Pa- I'm already yeah. four chapters past that. So it's not me still. Like it's or like, yeah. Yeah, interesting. So that helped a lot. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it was still hard. Of course. Really hard. <laughs> but then, you know, what's so annoying is, so then I had that first session of feedback and I, and I, it sucked. And then I put in all these changes and I thought I got a lot better by the next round of feedback. And then no one said anything negative mm. the next time I submitted my book. And then my ego's like, haha, you're, that it's so bad this time. <laughs> That they just didn't even, they thought it was too embarrassing to say anything. <laughs> and that's exactly like with what's happened with your book. Like your last book, second edit was a mess and you were always like, fuck, this is so shit. Like I just can't, it's so bad. And this book, you've got no edits on your second edit. And you're like, maybe that means it's so shit. Literally. <laughs> we have to watch ourselves in these responses. Like, even though it feels very real to you, these responses, you're witnessing them and you're able to be like, this is ridiculous. Mm. And you're able to, you know, at least toy with the idea that maybe you're not the best person to be making these judgments. And maybe there's too much, you know, stories, too much narrative, too much ego behind all behind these decisions and these opinions for you to really take them too seriously. Yeah. Right? Sure. Yep, definitely. Yeah. But I mean, that's when it's like, now I'm, I'm going, well, do I send out my book to some beta readers after the second draft? But I'm like, oh, but what if it is super shit? And then it's just really <laughs> embarrassing. And like, you should have waited till the fourth draft or something. No, you should send it out. Mm. It will be most useful to you in your creative process. That's an ego getting in your way. Yeah. Because you're scared of that feedback. Yeah. Yeah, this is such a big topic because really like, you know, in so many different, an array of different ways, this can really gain, you know, interrupt our creative journey and can sidetrack us and can you know lead us to doing silly uh ego driven things um but i just thought it was a a good thing to remind us all of that there is always gonna we just need to always be witnessing how we're responding to this because as artists as i say all the time we're super vulnerable so we're going to be putting up barriers protections to to try and keep us safe um but we need to be inspecting them at all times making sure we're not cock blocking ourselves from that because when we are this vulnerable we want control and we're like you know we're like trying to do our own PR, you know, we're trying mm. to control our image. We're trying to take control of what we're doing because the work that we do is so vulnerable. And I understand that and it will happen. Of course it will happen and, and it doesn't all need to be bad, but we do need to be aware of how we're structuring those safety nets, how we're protecting ourselves. Are we too guarded? What are our decisions being driven by? It's just about being curious, I think. Yeah, I feel like, and I also, you know, if you don't, if you don't find a way to take care of yourself and if you don't find a way to be gentle with yourself, when your ego gets challenged, you might create, it might be really painful for you to create going forward. Yeah. So it's like, you know, do you, do you want to create with ease or do you want to create with pain? And I think it's like, um, obviously you're not always going to create with ease, but I think if you can find ways to soothe the ego, if you can find ways to deal with the ego, um, even just to slightly take the edge off, then it will make it easier for you. Yeah. Much more gentle, compassionate journey where you are on your own side. Yes. Yeah. And also that, I mean, I think what what I'm I'm not saying is like you should just ignore. I don't know. You know what? I'm, like not ignore the ego, or yeah, like no, because that's who we are. It's a part of ourselves, and mm. I think that 
I mean, I feel like if I was to ignore all these, like if I was to ignore it all, I wouldn't be able to witness myself. I wouldn't be able to make changes. I wouldn't be able to know yeah. more about myself and, and heal. That's the thing. It's like when something's painful for you. Resistance is the, is the way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes. Cool. All right. Little. I feel like I don't have the stamina anymore. Wait, like, <laughs> for, for long podcasts? Yeah. It's okay. We can ease ourselves back into it. The thing is as well, it. it's like, sorry to just give you a bit of behind the scenes now is, you know, we're just using GarageBand. Very high tech. But it only tells you the bars we've done. <laughs> so we've done 600 bars. I have no idea how long that is. Is it four bars? I have no idea either. I don't know. We're just dipping our toe back in, as I like to say. Yeah, this could be half an hour. This could be 10 minutes. I don't know. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming back on the journey with us. We're so excited to get back into the rhythm of this podcast. And we're so excited that you guys are here and listening love you have a beautiful creative week and also like if you have any ideas for topics yeah feel free to feel send free them. to send them through because that honestly is like the biggest thing for us i feel is like oh, what are we going to talk about this week yeah sometimes it flows sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it, doesn't. it does like, we've got a little bank now saved up <laughs> yeah from yeah but always feel free to send but, through like, we've your only ideas. got like five weeks planned <laughs> so yeah let us know um as always we really greatly appreciate reviews um yeah they make our days. So if you have the time, we'd love to hear what you think of the podcast, guys. Thanks. All right. Bye. bye.